like I've been saying that every week for three weeks, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, I'm going to um, give you a heads up right now that A, um, I've used Colossians so much that the page is coming out, so pray for me and my Bible. But secondly, uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 for this week and next week because it's so good. Colossians chapter 3 is just one of those um, pretty amazing chapters, and it really covers two, um, two topics that work in tandem, of course, but, but they're, they're pretty separate, and I didn't want to tackle it all in one. And so we're going to hit the first half of Colossians chapter 3. But, um, but before we get there, I just kind of want to highlight what we've been going after. Um, and it's really, and you know, we, we pray every single week here on Tuesdays. And um, one of the things that my mom said uh, in our prayer time was that the series has been about releasing resurrection power in our lives. And I just thought, like, that's, that's a great way to put it. Uh, really seeing resurrection power released in our lives because of the person of Jesus Christ. And so this study through the book of Colossians is not just for your education about a book, but it's really to see resurrection power, the power of Jesus released in our lives so we can walk in it. And so um, we ended last week asking a question, and that is, can these bones live? And that came from um, a story about Ezekiel going out and God showing him these dry bones. And God asked that him that question, can these bones live? And that, that was really a question that, that God asks us. He's asked me all the time as, as I've looked at my circumstances, as I look at the dead things, the struggling things, the things that I have no control over, power over. And God says to me, can you believe for something to happen into these dry bones that you have no power over, but I'm doing something? I'm powerful to work in your life. And, and the answer is yes. Yes, and, and, and Paul in Colossians answers that because he says, um, yeah, you, you were dead. Those bones were dead. But, but guess what? This, something's taking place. And, and so he says, I've made you alive, first of all. And then, oh, I've canceled the record against you. That's pretty good news. And then I've disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. And I've publicly shamed them and won victory for you on the cross. And so Paul would say, heck yeah, the bones can live. You're not dead. You're not defeated. You're not stuck because God is moving and his resurrection power can be alive in our life. And so that's really good news. And so, so Ezekiel would say, and Paul would say, prophesy to those bones. Speak to them. Speak as if, as if God's working, as if he's living inside of you. Quit with that, that, that old dead language about, oh, I'm just going to, this is always the way it's going to be. And let's, let's adopt a brand new vocabulary of somebody that's alive, somebody that has resurrection power inside of them. And that's how I want to talk, and that's how I want to speak to my life. And so we pick up with that thought in, in Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to start reading, and this is going to be the New Living Translation, starting in verse 1. It says this, Since you have been raised to new life. I love the fact that Paul starts there. Since now we've established that there is resurrection power, since we've established that you're not stuck, that these bones can live, since we've established that, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't only think about things down here, on earth, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life, we're going to come back to that. And we're going to skip down 
verse 5, and it says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. And verse 10, in its place, you've clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ. Father God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, what a privilege that I have to, to share the living and active word of God. And I ask in the next few moments, Jesus, that once again, by your Holy Spirit, that you'd open up our eyes to see that uh, we would realize that you're working. You're working in and through our lives in the midst of our circumstances. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so Heather, and, uh, Heather and Haley went to on a trip this week. And, um, and so that left Caleb and I here by ourselves. And so we went camping. I love camping. And, uh, and we have a trailer, and so it was just super fun. We went down to Camp Land and just kind of a, a father and son camping trip, just the three of us. I mean, just the two of us for three nights. The three of us. God was there, of course. Hello. Um, but uh, we had a great time. Anyway, um, so we're, we're one day into this camping trip, and there's this, like, stench that's, that's coming up through our bathroom into our trailer. And at first it was like, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, it'll, it'll go away. But it just got worse and worse. And pretty soon, like, Caleb's going, Dad, it stinks in here, like, really bad. Like, there's something going on down there. And at this point, like, we hadn't really even gone to the bathroom much. So I'm like, what's, what's happening, right? And so I'm, I'm like, I got to do something. I mean, we're, we're opening up the windows. It's still the first day. We got three more days. The trailer just reeks. And, uh, and so I'm opening up the windows. We got the fans going. It's nothing's helping. He's like, Dad, you got to do something. So I go down to the you know, little corner store there, and of course, everything's overpriced, but I just bite the bullet. I got I to gotta do something. So I buy these like packets. These things are amazing. They're these little packets that are designed for you know, the, the tank that, that you have to hold the waste. And they're designed to like, you know, go in, fill it with water, and they dissolve and like, you know, do their magic. So you know, like everything, I overdo it. So I'm, I'm throwing like a bunch of packets in there, right? So I'm like, okay, Caleb, we're good. It's good. I fixed it. I spent like $30 on these stupid little packets. We're going to be good. And so, you know, for the first, for like the next hour, all you could smell is like the, the chemical from the packet, which is a lot better than what we were smelling before. But after that, it like starts stinking again. And Caleb's like, dad, it's not fixed. It still stinks. Like, you need to do something. I'm like, I just spent $30. What do you want me to do? I don't know how else to fix it, right? So finally, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the deal? Because I have the tank, you know, I have the hose hooked up. Because if, you know, if you have a trailer, you'll know that, you know, you, you hook the, the, the hose up to the sewage at the place. So it's all hooked up. I'm flushing this thing. I'm trying to wash it out. And it's nothing. Still stinks. So finally, I go out around the trailer to look to see what's going on. I should have done this before. I spent $30 on packets. Anyways, so I'm looking at the thing. Lo and behold, the, the pipe's coming out, and it's going, and it like fell into this like little divot that like maybe a tire had been before, and then it kind of comes up and then tries to make its way to the drainage. And so it's clear that it's not, it's not flowing. So I'm like, oh, that's what's the problem. So I go in, and I... I try to move the pipe, but it's like heavy. I'm like, oh, it's filled with stuff that's not draining. No wonder it stinks, right? So 
So I kind of move it and I stretch it out. I'm giving you like a visual. So I stretch this thing out. It's loaded, right? And, uh, and, so, and so it's still not draining. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's going uphill, right? So for whatever reason, where my trailer's parked and where the drainage thing is, it's, it's supposed to be downhill. It's going like slightly uphill. So, you know, sludge doesn't go uphill. So, so I'm like, dang it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I try to like put a little rock under there. It's still, it's not sloping enough. So, and this, this pipe's like heavy. I feel like I'm a firefighter. Like this is a heavy pipe at this point. So I go, I, I got to drain this thing. Cause dad, he, so he, Caleb's in the trailer. Dad, it still stinks, right? <laughs> Just let me deal with this. So, so I get down there. I'm on my hands and knees, right? And I take this pipe and I'm like, I got to, I got to like elevate it, right? And do this number until it drains. So, so I'm like, so I'm like holding the pipe up like this. And so I start just kind of doing this number and I'm going slow, right? Because sludge. So I'm doing this number. Well, a couple of camping trips ago, we didn't have enough pipe. And so I, I had purchased a different pipe that connects with this pipe. And so I have two pipes together that are, that are connected, right? So, so I'm coming like this, right? And I'm, I'm holding it. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I can't, I'm not making this stuff up. So I'm holding it, right? We're, and we're almost to the connector. And then it's like right there, right? And I'm, I'm holding it up high, right? And it's starting to drain back this way. So I'm coming up high like this. And all of a sudden, kink, the connector comes out, drops down, and just goes, Dad's, Caleb's like, it still stinks, Dad. Shut up, son. Just let me do this. So I'm like, oh my gosh, so ridiculous. So I wash off. And then my neighbor goes, hey, you need to get like the, those little, there's like a support thing that you put so that the, 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 the tube lays on the support thing so it goes downhill. And so I went and spent $50 on that little beauty and put it under there. And it worked brilliantly. And I took like five showers and scrubbed myself off and went and swam in the ocean. It was fantastic. (laughs) Embellishments. So if I was to teach a class, and maybe I will, that this, this topic would be what I would teach. Um, not because I know it so well, because I'm so passionate about it. And, um, and, and, and the issue, and, and what I love about Colossians 3 is I feel like Paul has laid out some, some basic systems that God has put in place. Because if we're not careful, in order to deal with the sinful lurkings that are lurking within us, uh, if we're not careful, we just throw... Uh, Bible verses and religion on top of it, and it smells good for like maybe an hour, and then it starts stinking again, right? And and we're like, what's the deal? I I took care of it. No, you didn't. It's still sludge, and it's still stuck in the pipe, and it's still gross, and it hasn't gone anywhere. You just covered it up a little bit. You just threw some religion on top of it, and some good works on top of it. And maybe you served a little bit and you started attending a church. And it's like, why does this still stink? Well, that's because you have a pipe down there that's stuck in a hole and it's filled with sludge. And, you know, a few packets is not going to get it done. Anybody with me? Yeah. 
And so Paul lays out something what I feel like is beautiful, and he outlines the system that God has created for us to clean that thing out so that we can walk free and light. Because here's the deal. Once I get it all done, got it all done, that pipe was like light as a feather. I mean, it's like literally, I mean, you could lift it just with one finger. It was so light. And I feel like a lot of times we walk around just feeling like this packed full of, of sludge, and we don't know what to do with what's going on inside of us. And I know I'm not the only one, so I'm not going to pretend. I'm just going to take your silences like, oh, he's right. Shane's right. He's speaking to me right now. Um, because we're all there. Even when we accept Jesus into our heart and we want to follow him, there's this thing going on inside of us and God wants us to live free and whole. And, God, and, and, and Paul outlines it. And so the first thing that, that, uh, that I want to highlight is this right here. And that is that we are made, and this is the teacher part of me that's coming out, so bear with me. Um, we're made of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Um, and, and that's just the way that God has created us. You have a flesh, you have a body, you have a soul, which is the real you, and you have a spirit man. And, um, and before we were saved, our spirit was not alive. And that is why when you read the Old Testament, Paul says a lot, you've been made alive. Well, you're like, well, I was alive before. No, you were alive on two of three parts. Your flesh was raring to go. Your soul that lives for eternity was definitely alive because it's eternal. But your spirit man was dead because we were born dead because of sin into this world, born dead, which is why Jesus had to die. And he paid the sacrifice. And so then that way, when we, when we allow that sacrifice and we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, our spirit becomes alive, which is why... It's critical and, and why when, when you interact and some people, you know, um, when we, we, we teach our young people, don't be unequally yoked, you know, when you're looking for a spouse and when you're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend, look for somebody who has like values and who is a Christian. Why? Because they're, they're alive on the inside, right? They're fully alive. And so Paul outlines this. Um, and then the next slide outlines something different. This is Galatians. We're going to go back and forth with Galatians because it it's really outlines it great. Galatians chapter 5, 17 says this, The sinful nature loves to do evil, hello, which is opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. But the Spirit, the one that becomes alive in you when you get saved, gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices will never be free from its conflict. So that's like good news and bad news. The good news is you're made alive. The good news is the Spirit of God in you is leading you to these good choices. The bad news is, Paul says, listen, it doesn't get easier just because you get saved, because you have Jesus in your life. There are forces that are clashing, and it's not like the devil. It's you. Your flesh, your evil dark side, right? Have you ever heard the analogy like the white dog and the black dog? Whichever you feed more is going to be, you know, bigger. And have you ever heard that analogy? So, so you have, or the, um, the little angel and the little demon on your shoulder, right? The cartoons. It's true. You have that inside of you. You have a flesh. It will never want to please God. It just wants to gratify itself. 
And then you have the spirit in you that's been made alive, and it always wants to please God, and these two forces are fighting each other. Okay, so back to Colossians. What I love about this is that Paul starts with, since you've been raised to Christ, raised to newness of life, set your, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So the, my first idea is this. We need a kingdom perspective. We need a kingdom perspective. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. So what, the, what does that look like? Next slide. It looks like this. You see those three bubbles? It looks like the spirit leading. Now, before we read this passage, you need to understand that at any given time, the, that flesh bubble can be at the top. And your spirit's on the bottom. The soul's always in the middle, and we'll talk about that and why, but somebody's leading you, yeah. right? And I think that at any given point, we know who it is, right? We know who's influencing our decisions, whether we're heavenly-minded, and it's like, yeah, I'm following the Spirit. I'm in tune with Him. I'm, I'm filled with the Spirit today, right? And we know the byproduct, or the opposite. It's just a bad day. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just giving in to those, those, those angers, those frustrations, whatever it is. So Galatians chapter 5 says this. When the Holy Spirit controls your life, when the Spirit bubbles at the top, this is what happens. He produces the kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Your spirit or your flesh, you can just stay on this, will lead you today. I have found that one decision, preferably in the morning, affects my whole day. And you're probably like, like it with me. If you get up and you just stumble into your day and you're not being intentional and, you know, somebody cuts you off in the road and, right, something happens at work and you get a bad, you know, frustration text from your friend or something happens with your spouse and you're just one thing after another and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're operating in the flesh. And all of a sudden, your mindset starts to change about the world, doesn't it? Everyone's against me. Today's going to be a bummer. I'm not on my A game. Oh, of course I didn't get the promotion. Whatever it is, it's just a downward spiral. Or I get up in the morning and I say, Holy Spirit, you're in control today. Flesh, guess what? Buckle up. You're going to be crucified today. See, when Paul talks about us being crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's simply saying that flesh bubble is going to get crucified today. Listen, flesh, we're not going to be first in line. We're going to be last. Why? Because we're serving people today. We're not here to be served. We're here to serve people, right? We're going to forgive people today. We're not going to be holding grudges. We're not pointing the finger. People aren't out to get us. So flesh, get over yourself because today you're not in charge. We're not here. I'm going to serve my spouse. Hello, men. I'm going to serve my spouse. Why? Because it feels good. No, not because it feels good, but because the Spirit of God in me wants to do that 
And when I do it, yeah, it's beautiful. But in the moment, when, when my wife says, hey, I'm running late, can you get me some coffee? Or, hey, can you take out the trash really quick? Or, hey, can you do the dishes for me just really quick? Sure, I love to do the dishes. No. Come on, man. Everything in me is like, no. not a, No, I'm, I was just leaving. No, I'm not doing that. Fine, I'll do the dishes, right? No flesh, you're not leading today. Spirit, I am, I am giving you permission to lead my life. And when you do that, I'm pro- I promise you, it changes. Your mindset changes. Your heart beats, your desires. Because the Spirit of God gives us desires that our flesh doesn't give us. And they are warring. And today, Spirit, you're leading. And so I, I'm not exaggerating. I do this regularly. Or I literally say out loud, spirit, soul, and body, line up. Line up. Why? Because Paul is addressing a system that God has, has put in place. And the system is not flesh, soul, spirit. The system is spirit of God, lead my life. Not only God fill me with your spirit, but I want to walk in the spirit. So that means today I'm following you, Holy Spirit. I'm allowing you to be the author of my life and not my sinful desires, my, my, my fleshly desires. And we're going to get more into that. But this is so incredibly powerful. We're going to serve people today. We're going to love people. We're going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. This is what we're doing for this is the day that the Lord has made. This is a choice, and it's a beautiful choice. And I'm telling you, when you start making that choice every day, just out out of the outset, it begins to change everything. So that's the way Paul starts. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. In other words, let let the Spirit lead your life. The next one is this. Renew your mind. Let heaven fill your thoughts, for you died, and your real life is hidden with God. Go to the next slide. Let heaven fill your thoughts. So I want to talk about the soul for a minute. I love that passage. Just stay right here on the slide. It says, let heaven fill your thoughts for you died and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So your real life, he's talking about who you are, who you are on the inside, who you really are your soul. That's the part of you that we believe is eternal. It's going somewhere forever. God created your soul, and your soul is made up of your will, your mind, and your emotions. So this is what dictates everything, right? What you think about, how you feel about those things, and then what you do, right? Like all, all of that is, is, is in your soul. That's who you are. Now, how many of you know that soul is a very fickle thing? I mean, it could go this way or this way, depending. I mean, it's like we're walking on thin ice, very fine line of, of, of error every day. How many with me? Your emotions. I mean, it can be, it can be a teeter-totter. And so what Paul is saying is let heaven fill your thoughts. The real you. The real you is a fight. Who are you? 
I mean, we just sang a song about, I'm a child of God. Do you believe that every day when you wake up? If you're honest, no. Why? Because there's a war over your soul. Not to get saved, but today. And tomorrow, on Monday morning, who are you? Do you need to go on another journey and another search to figure out, who am I? Why? Because your flesh is screaming at you. That, that you're, you don't deserve anything. That you, the, the darkness is going to follow you everywhere. That, that, that you're, you're constantly living from a deficit. That, that you don't deserve any of the things that are talked about in the Bible. That's what your flesh is constantly trying to tell your mind, filling your emotions. And what Paul is saying is, let the Spirit fill that part of you. All around you and make you know who you are. Every day we're either playing defense work, or working from a defeated place. We are on offense and tapping into the power of the Spirit. When I have established the Spirit's leadership in my day, I sense Him leading me. I sense Him guiding me. I sense Him uh, inspiring me. I was, uh, I was sitting, studying, uh, studying this scripture this week, and I was sitting there in the middle of it, and I was, I was allowing the Holy Spirit to fill my mind and heart. And just like that, the Holy Spirit said, start praying for Caleb. And it was great because I got up and I started praying for my son. But what I love about that picture is as I, as I, I let heaven fill my thoughts, just like that, he did. I want you to pray for your son. Here's the reality. When we allow the flesh to take hold of our will, mind, and emotions. Not only do we kind of live on this downward spiral of we're defeated and we're discouraged and we're frustrated, but we miss out on the incredible life that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to do. Like pray for people. Like speak words of encouragement. Like live with your glass, not just half full, but overflowing. When your glass is overflowing, you have enough for others. And that's not because you're a spiritual giant. It's just because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. And so in that moment, when I said, Holy Spirit, fill me up, he gave me not only the desire to pray for my son, but the ability to, to know what to pray for. And, and this is the life that God invites us to. As Paul says, not just let heaven fill your thought, not, not, not just uh, uh, set your sights on the realities of heaven, but let heaven fill your thoughts because when you do, he's going to lead you to this emp empowering, powerful life where we're, where we're noticing people. You ever walk along the road and you're, you're in tune with what the Spirit wants and you're noticing like, man, that, that person needs prayer. Or man, that person needs an encouraging word. Or my spouse, man, I've noticed that she, she just needs my encouragement right now. We're aware of those things. Instead of living on this defensive, just trying to make it through life, anybody there? Anybody sometimes there just like, just, I'm just trying to make it. I just hope that tomorrow isn't as bad as today. I just hope that I'm able to overcome these struggles. And, and, and Paul's saying, I want you to come out of that defeated lifestyle. And I want you to start being on the offense. The spirit of the living God is in you. And he wants to lead you to do some incredible things. But if you're circling the drain all the time, just trying to get the stench out of your pipe, then you're never going to get out from under that. And so Paul says, 
set your sights on the realities of heaven. Let the Spirit lead, and then let Him begin to fill your mind and your heart. And the last one is this, crucify the flesh. Crucify the flesh. Paul says, put to death the earthly lurkings within you. Spirit, well, he's leading. Your soul, unfortunately, your soul can't lead and and truthfully, we wouldn't want him to because your feelings are gonna lie to you, right? So we don't want your feelings that are gonna affect your will and the thoughts in your mind to be the leader. (laughs) No one wants that. We want the spirit of the living God to lead us and affect how we think, how we believe, what we're about, right? And then lastly, we got to deal with this last bubble called the flesh. Those earthly lurkings within us. Now, most, a, a lot of religions, a lot of churches, religion would say, make this the whole deal. We got to figure out how to get you to stop sinning. Sinner, we got to get you to stop behaving in a way that's not, that's not holy. So I need you to work out a deal with your flesh so that you can behave better. That's the whole deal. So here's the thing. Make an arrangement with your flesh. In fact, go on a diet from sinning. Just stop. How's that working for you? It's not hard. Just like, stop sinning. Oh, and oh, by the way, um, just a, one bad thought, and you're back on the sin train. So, bummer for you. But just stop it. We good? Okay. Thanks, Colossians. This, this, this is the danger of religion, is it's literally just throwing good deeds on top of a problem that you have no power to overcome. And so what's the solution? Well, Paul, Paul doesn't say the solution is don't worry about the flesh. It's there. It's living. And in fact, these are major forces that are constantly colliding, and it's a street fight. Paul says, nail those passions to the cross. So I'm not here. Like, listen, my message is not, and, and Paul's message, God's message is not, hey, don't worry about it. It's all good because God's good and he loves you. The wages of sin is death. Not because God hates you. He loves you. And he hates it how much sin hurts you. So don't, don't make no mistake. There are earthly lurkings that want to take you and me out. And Jesus said, listen, if, uh, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. So let's go do that. Okay. We're going to lunch. I actually, I actually love that picture because Jesus wasn't actually saying, pluck your eye out. He was saying, be aggressive. If there's something in your life that's causing you to go down this dark road where you're constantly struggling, take it out. It's not worth it. Take whatever measure you need to cut that thing off because it is lurking. But notice that that Paul addresses this third. He says, first, set your sights on the realities of heaven. You need to understand how important it is that the Spirit of God leads you. 
If you don't start there, good luck overcoming the power of your flesh all by yourself with good works. Like, I got this tomorrow morning. I'm just going to beat it down. Don't be bad. Don't be bad. Don't be bad. And then you're bad again. So Paul says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. You need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And it is a choice every single day. Tomorrow morning when we wake up, Holy Spirit, you're leading today. Flesh, you're not. You're going to get dominated today. Holy Spirit, you're leading. And then mind and heart, I am, I am constantly being filled with thoughts from heaven and so I can walk in the goodness of God. And then Paul says, all right, let's deal with this flesh thing. Now that we've established that, we can walk in this. And, and I love how Colossians ends in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. This passage, it says this, for you've stripped off the old nature and in its place, you've clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn it more and more about Christ. Just lead this up. Notice the emphasis. The emphasis isn't, let's talk about how horrible your evil nature is. The, the emphasis is, yeah, it's there, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to focus on this brand new nature that's in you and allow the Spirit of God to lead you and empower you to be that person because that person wants nothing to do with that old garbage. When you get up every morning and you say, Holy Spirit, lead my life, you, I ain't got time for those attitudes and those frustrations and that evil life. I don't have time for that because the life that I get to live is so much more incredible. But your flesh is constantly wanting to get, up off, get, get down off the cross. You crucified it yesterday, but tomorrow it's going to want to get down off the cross. And it's saying, just give us a day. Just give me one day off the cross so that we can have fun. The problem is, the flesh, it's a one-trick pony. It, it wants self-gratification and self-preservation. It wants you to get your way and be preserved, and it wants you to be gratified. That's it. Which, which, is, which is some of the danger behind some of the evil earthly lurkings and some of the things that are promoted in this world is that they're just straight flesh gratification. And it's just, it's just an IV to your flesh. And your flesh is saying, give us a day. Come on, it'll be fun. And then I'll go back on the cross tomorrow. Come on, today, it's Saturday. It's, an, it's a day off. Even God had a day off. Give me a day off, right? That's what it's saying. And you know what happens when you feed that thing? Here's a little gratification. Here's a little, you know what happens? Just give us a week. Just one week. Come on, what's one? In, in, in the grand scheme of things, what's one week? It's no big deal. And you know what happens? Give us a month. Just one month. Why? Because at first, a day is fine. It's like, wow, that felt really good. And then it's like, wow, that wasn't enough. Like, I, I need to recover. And then it's a week, and then it's a month. And then pretty soon, a year's gone by, and you haven't gotten up one time in the morning and said, Holy Spirit, you're leading today. And I promise you, if you don't do that, you know who's going to lead? Your flesh. He loves to lead. He's a born leader. And it feels so good when he's leading. He will lead you into all kinds of fun things. Unfortunately, the wages of sin is death. 
And so, Holy Spirit, I need you to take control of my life. Holy Spirit, I ask that resurrection power would be released in my life to see the places that you're calling me to. Your flesh is totally okay with you living your life for you. And the Holy Spirit in you is like, there's something so much better. You ever met like a super old rich person that's lived their, his, their life all for them and they have everything they could possibly want and they have nothing? Anybody with me? Anybody ever met that person? That's what your flesh wants for you. And your Holy Spirit saying, there's something so much better. And here's what I love. Here's, what I, here's my favorite part about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, he gives it liberally and without reproach. And what that means is that God, when we come to him, he not only gives freely, but without reproach means he's never going to be like, really? Now you're coming to me? Seriously? Like, I could have helped you a long time ago, and you decided to drive into a ditch. And so, no! You're going to have to work your way out of that ditch. You're going to have to do a bunch of good things, and then maybe you'll be back into my good graces. No, it doesn't work that way. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, it doesn't matter how long you've given your flesh a, a day off or a week off or a month off, tomorrow morning you can get up and the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I'll lead you today. Absolutely. This is what I was born to do. And not only that, you're brand new. You're alive. I've made you that way. And oh, by the way, that record, yeah, it's been canceled. I won the victory for you. And so you don't have to get stuck. You're not stuck. And listen, the, the, it may feel like it's a bunch of sludge and you're just carrying along. You're like, what am I going to do? But in a moment, it can be gone. But you just have to make a choice to say, Spirit of God, you're leading this life. Thoughts, we're not receiving any more thoughts from the flesh because the flesh is down there. It doesn't get to lead anymore. And therefore, it doesn't get to shape my identity. It doesn't get to shape my future. It doesn't get to shape my relationships. The Holy Spirit does that. And so I have given him license in my life. And I want to conclude with this. Paul ends this whole thing in such a strange way, but it makes all kinds of sense when you look into it. Paul ends this, this whole train of thought in verse 11 of Colossians, says this. In this new life that we just talked about, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised. It doesn't mean if you're barbaric or uncivilized or slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. And I read this, and I thought, like, what? It doesn't matter if you're a slave. It matters to the slave, right? I mean, there were slaves reading this. Paul wrote this as a slave in prison. And so Paul's like, no, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you're a slave, or if you're barbaric, or you're uncivilized, or it doesn't matter what hand you've been dealt. And I'm like, I think they probably had to do a double take. Like, no, it kind of does matter to us. We're, we're struggling here. Why did, he, why did he say that? I believe God had him say that because 
God knows us. And he knows our propensity to make all kinds of excuses. Why, this sounds awesome for other people, but you don't know my circumstances. And you don't know how stuck I am. You don't know how slave I am to my finances or my addictions or my relationships or whatever it is, the picture that we paint. And we go, yeah, Paul, that's awesome for them and the churchy people. And they get the resurrection power. I don't even know what that means, but like, I'm stuck. And God, I feel like in this passage is just saying, quit it. Quit minimizing how powerful I am and what I've done. Okay, you're staring at some dead bones. They can live. You're not stuck. At no level, at no point are you stuck. And God's saying, come on, I have given you everything you need to live this life. It just starts tomorrow morning saying, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Mind, you're going to be listening to heaven. Come on, fill me today. And you just see not only what happens to the trajectory of your life, but what happens to the stuff you used to dwell on. It will start to seem so silly and so phony and so false because that's what it is, and it's in the rear view mirror. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the things that you're releasing in our lives. I thank you that when we walk in the system that you've ordained for us, spirit, soul, and body, and we set our sights on the realities of heaven, where our real life is hidden with Christ in God, and allow the spirit of God to lead us, that it opens up this broad place that you've called us to live, a place of freedom, a place of wholeness, a place of joy that overflows, and a peace that passes understanding. And God, it's to that end that we labor. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.